Welcome to Ask the Doulas with Gold Coast Doulas. This is Kristen, co-owner, and I'm here with my business partner, Alyssa, to talk about sleep today. So we are gaining a lot of interest from clients and the general public about sleep. Um, So if you could start out by letting us know what sleep training is, what it isn't, and how you're different from other sleep consultants. So there's these misconceptions that we just um, don't listen to what the parents need or want. We just throw babies in a nursery, close the door, and let them cry for hours and say, oh, they'll fall asleep eventually, and it couldn't be further from the truth. So it's really like putting together a puzzle. When a client calls me, we have a phone consultation or I meet them in their home and they fill out a really extensive intake form where I ask a ton of questions. I want to know what kind of temperament the child has, um, whether they're six weeks old, six months, or you know, 18 months, because um, the temperament of that child will determine um, the different methods we try. And then what kind of parenting style? You know, Are you a co-sleeper, breastfeeding, formula-fed, babies in the crib? So it's like putting together a puzzle. Let's figure out what you've tried, what's working, what's not working. And honestly, most kids in three to five days figure it out and start sleeping really well. That's amazing. I wish I would have had you when my kids were little. Yeah. And it, you know, it's it's not, it can be as gentle um, or as fast paced as you want. So what's the youngest age that you sleep train? That's a common question we get. And what Mm -hmm. is the oldest? So... I would say I, I've had clients as small as three weeks, but we don't sleep train. It's okay. more about talking about what to look for developmentally in the next few weeks. Um, probably by six to eight weeks, they'll start to notice some patterns in sleep. They start producing their own melatonin and all that good stuff. So it's more about talking about proper sleep hygiene, um, what the nursery should look like, what the environment should look like around naps and sleep, but then actual sleep training usually around 12 to 14 weeks, as long as the baby wasn't premature and the baby's gaining weight healthily. Okay, and do you go to the home or is it a combination of phone and home and how does a client choose what package they want? One or the other. Um, It could be based on price because for me to go to their home, it's a little bit more. Um, Some parents want me to come to their space, meet the baby, see the nursery, see if there's any glaring things that stand out. I I might have to go in and say, this room's too light. Um, You need a noise machine. Um, You have with this crib is full of sheets and stuffed animals and blankets and stuff that is not considered safe. Most of the time, it's a phone consult. It seems to work for most. That's great. Or if they're out of the area. So as far as your top tips for potential clients or parents, listeners, Um, what are some things you had mentioned darkening a room and so on? So what would be like your top five things a parent could do? Yeah. For basic sleep hygiene, um, you know, really getting them, you know, not until that six or to eight week mark, do they start producing their own melatonin? So the production of melatonin only happens in the dark, but you also need that production of serotonin during the day. So it's this fluctuation of hormones throughout the day and one needs the other. So they also need sunlight. So I've had clients where they just sit in a dark room. Um, They think to get their baby to sleep longer, just needs to be dark, dark, dark all the time. Well, they're not allowing the baby the production of serotonin to be active and have this active playtime during the day. 
Um, so then it's harder for them to produce the melatonin at night, if that makes sense. It does. So, um, yeah, creating a sleep environment that's dark. Um, sound machines. I've had a lot of clients use sound machines, but they're so soft. The baby can barely hear them. Um, it needs to be loud. I tell them, think vacuum cleaner. If someone were in here right now with a vacuum cleaner, I would not hear anything going on outside this room. True. Um, and swaddling. Swaddling, um, that marrow reflex or that startle reflex that babies have um, can wake them up several times in the middle of the night. So a safe swaddle. And by that, like arms in really tight around the arms, but it needs to be really loose around the hips because of hip dysplasia. So yes. that's one thing that's, that's with the resurgence of swaddling babies. Um, doctors have noticed that it can have hip problems if babies' hips can't move. So I, you know, in my newborn class, I demonstrate that like really tight here, but here's how babies' legs and hips should still be able to move. Um, what was that? Three tips? <laughs> yeah. What about daytime? I mean, naps and so on. Do you have any tips for getting better daytime sleep to establish stronger nighttime? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they go hand in hand. So people will say, you know, he sleeps fairly well at night, but it's horrible during the day. Well, the night's not going to get better until the daytime improves. And a lot of times it's just letting them know how long they should wait in between a sleep. So sometimes for little, little babies, they might be trying to keep them up for two hours. And babies, you know, let's say it's a 10-week-old baby, might not be able to stay awake for more than an hour. So they get overly tired, and then they fight sleep. So letting parents know what a sleep pattern should look like based on their child's age um, is sometimes really important. That makes sense. And at Gold Coast, we work with a lot of families with twins and triplets, how do you handle sleep training with multiples? So it's lovely when they're, they seem to have the same temperament and want to be on the same schedule. Um, and oftentimes I have to remind parents that these are two different humans with different personalities. Um, yes. So it's sometimes I've had, I've done twin consults where we kind of just, we can do one because the kids' temperaments are pretty much the same. They're kind of already on the same schedule, um, but then some where they're completely different. When one's up, sure. the other one's sleeping, and vice versa. So then we kind of have to look at them as two separate beings with two separate sleep plans. Now, one misconception is if you're working with, whether it's daytime or overnight, um, a postpartum doula, Gold Coast or elsewhere, um, that you wouldn't necessarily need sleep um, training or consultation. So tell us why you need both. Yeah, so working as a postpartum doula, it's totally different. Um, yes. I guess it's different when I'm there because since I'm also a sleep consultant, um, I, there are things I can do, little tips and tricks I can give mom and dad too. But um, as a postpartum doula, you're there to ensure the parents get a good night's rest. So I'm not there to help a baby learn to sleep or to self-soothe. You're there to help feed baby, change baby, and ensure that mom and dad get rest. Um, a sleep, sleep training isn't usually done overnight. I have an option. I have a package option where I could do that, but usually it's unnecessary. My right. plans are so thorough, um, and they get constant support from me that by the time nighttime rolls around, they know exactly what they need to do. So you can still have um, a regular overnight postpartum doula, but just have them or the parents implement your plan mm -hmm. you would set up for them. Yeah, I've had clients either with a doula or, you know, for older children, they have nannies. And sure. They just, I have them either get on the phone call with us 
Um, if they're not available, they read through the whole plan. And then I've even texted back and forth with the nannies if they're the one doing the majority of the sleep training during the day to Makes get them sense. on board. So, Lisa, um, if you are working with a family who tends to breastfeed their baby to doze off, like that's how they put them to sleep during the day as well as at night, um, how would you be able to let them still feel connected to the baby in that way and be attachment-focused um, but still create a stronger routine for the baby or toddler so sometimes the feed we call it like a feed to sleep habit or association um, the feed to sleep association doesn't necessarily cause a problem that's not common um, right. usually it becomes an association which in, includes several wake-ups in the night where the mom has to do this so again it's just talking to I would there's a 20 questions I would have to ask this mom before I could give her a plan. But it's always about her goal. I always ask, what in, at the end of all this, what's the end game? What's your goal for this? And if it's, I still want to co-sleep, I still want to breastfeed, I just can't wake up six times every night, then I work out a plan specifically for her. Um, if it's, we've been co-sleeping, we didn't mean to, it's not working for our family, it's hurting my relationship with my partner, um, then the end goal is they want baby in their own crib, whether it's in their room or in the own, their nursery. Um, that's a whole different plan. And obviously, if they're co-sleeping or baby's in crib, it's all about safe sleep mm-hmm. and you know being able to recognize what is safe and what is mm-hmm. unsafe. Yeah, and there are safe ways to co-sleep. Yes. And a crib is also very safe, um, but can be unsafe if, you know, say a newborn's put on their tummy or I go and there's... Like I've said, it's filled with stuffed animals and blankets. Um, right. The first thing I do is rip all that stuff out of there. Exactly. Well, thank you for your time today. And if people are interested in reaching out to you, whether they live in West Michigan or elsewhere, how do they connect with you? I would say go to our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. Just fill out the contact form and let me know you're interested in sleep. And um, you can always call our phone number, too. Email me, Alyssa at goldcoastdoulas.com. I'm always willing to chat. Um, a lot of parents will say, I just have, you know, I just don't think my baby's ever going to sleep. Um, and after hearing them say a few details about what their nights and days look like, it's usually not as bad as they think. Um, and a few easy fixes can get them on track. So, um, yeah, even for people who don't live in the area, a phone consult with email and text support is what I give no matter what. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You've been listening to Ask the Doulas with Gold Coast Doulas. These moments are golden. Uh